a photographic workflow on Safari. This is the Wild Eye Podcast. Hey everybody, my name is Jerry, I'm from Wild Eye, and here's a topic that comes up on every single photo safari or photo tour or photo expedition that I've ever hosted. How should I manage my files? What should my workflow be? So I'm gonna just throw a whole bunch of ideas here at you, kind of as a tips and a tricks thing. Maybe you can take something from it. But I see so many people go on safari, whether it's the Masamara or Iceland or Svalbard or Borneo or Madikwe, it doesn't matter. But they go on safari, they've got all the gear. They've got all the gear. They've got their brand new um, Olympus OM-1 or their Sony A1 or what's the latest Canon? A3? Yeah? 3 something? Anyway, R3. Yes. And they've got that. They then have their the, the fastest memory cards on the market. They've got the best card reader. They've got the latest version of Photoshop and Lightroom with the latest version of Nick. They've got the best laptop but they don't have a plan. Now, whether you go out for a day or you go out for two months, which I've had some clients travel for two months back to back, and then a workflow becomes really, really, really important. So running through this, when you get on site, right, or before, but when you get on site the first day in your Lightroom catalog, because to me, the Lightroom catalog is the place to base everything from. You create a folder on your external hard drive with the name of where you are. Now, how I do it, I would, for example, and, and I want my, my directory structure to be very neat. So I would go, I'm going to Medikwe in April. So I would go 2022-02 February dash the name of the place. So again, 2022-02 dash Medikwe. In May, I go to Svalbard, 2022-05 dash um, Svalbard, and so on and so forth. So if I look at my directory structure, it's neat and in order. Okay, I do that first of all. I then go and shoot. I come back. Now, here's the thing. You do not have to place individual days images in individual folders within your main directory. Why? Because you are just making work for yourself. You're making a very messy structure. Okay, and knowing Lightroom, you can go to metadata and you can sort your images in one fold into any day, into any lens on that day. So to me, I wanna keep things as basic as possible. I've seen people, too many people, lose images because their directory structure is all over the show. Use one directory for your images. Okay, now you come back from your first shoot, which probably is in the afternoon, right? You have dinner, you go to your room, now you're gonna download. When you download into your uh, directory for the first time, whether you use Lightroom or whether you do it outside in Finder or Microsoft Explorer, Windows Explorer, yeah? I prefer to use Lightroom. Make sure that Lightroom is not going to create a folder for every date. It's easier to put them all in one. It's neater, okay? It's very neat to put it like that. It becomes confusing after a while, especially if you day after day after day, place after place after place. Okay, so that's the first thing. Then what you also have to check, if you have two camera bodies or three or five, right? Before you start shooting 
and definitely before the first import. Make sure that those two camera bodies, the time on them is set to by the second exactly the same. So sit with someone, check the date, check the date, check the time, check your time, three, two, one, set. Both of your cameras need to be in the same time. Why? Because if you download both camera bodies into one folder, right, and you look at it in Lightroom, it'll be chronological. So if you pick up your camera, you shoot wide, you pick up a telephoto, you shoot, it'll be in order as you shot it. Okay, that's the one thing. You can, if you want to break it up a little bit further, and this is the only extra subdirectories I would advise, is to create in your main folder to create two different ones for each camera. So I might have 2022-02-Medicwe, and then underneath that I would have EM1X and EM Mark II for my two cameras. I still need to have the dates synced because once I then go into Lightroom and I click on the top level directory, I will see all the images together, but on my computer directory on the hard drive, it's split up. I wouldn't then go day by day because then you could end up with 2022-02-Medicwe, underneath that you've got EM1 Mark X, underneath that you've got a date for day one, a date for day two, it becomes messy, don't go there. Simple is better when it comes to this. Okay. Now, while you're doing your first import into Lightroom, that's when you set up into Lightroom and you use the top right-hand corner of your import dialog and you tell Lightroom where these images have to go. So you would set it up as just Madikwe, um, that, that folder, or you can set it up as your EM1X or whatever the case the camera is. Every subsequent import, unless you change it, will go to that same destination. It'll go to that same destination. Makes it a lot easier. So the first one is the important one. Okay, so now you've started importing. The first night you go to bed, you start shooting again. I would recommend that you download after every drive or every walk or every activity. Okay, why? There are two kinds of memory cards in this world, broken ones and those that are gonna break. So you don't wanna be at a place, and I've seen this too often, where people have got like three, four days worth of images on a card and the card corrupts, bam, everything's gone. So. Make sure to download after every, after every activity, so to speak. Right, now, when you import into Lightroom, I would recommend personally that you activate one-to-one -one previews. There's a couple of options, but one-to-one -to, -one to me works. Let me tell you why. While you're importing, right, you, you ask the computer to create one-to-one -one previews. What that does is into a preview file in the directory where Lightroom lives, okay, it writes more information of the raw file per image. Now, I'm sure you would have seen this. If you're in Lightroom, you click to the next image, you zoom in, and then it's all pixelated, and at the bottom it says loading. If you create one-to-one -one previews and you run that whole system, it won't do that because all the information is loaded. Now, the reason I do it when I import is because more often than not, you're gonna import, you're gonna look through it a little bit and stuff, leave it to create those previews. Because later on, when you start looking through your images to cull and to catalog and to start processing, you don't have to have that wait. That to me is more frustrating than waiting for an extra couple of minutes for the previews to be generated. I recommend one-to-one -one previews. After it's done, yes, it does take more space, but after it's done, you can just delete. You can delete the images and then the one-to-ones go away as well, you're back to normal. But it speeds up your workflow down the line. Okay, now, this happens day by day, activity by activity. Import, import, import. Now, I'll talk about the editing of it in a second. When you get to your last day 
on safari. So normally on safari, it's one way at some, like with Iceland, for example, you'll end at a hotel for an overnight, leave the next morning. But for most safari destinations in Africa, you would do a morning game drive on your last day, go to your room, pack up and then go. Okay, now some of you might spend time at a hotel that night or whatever the case is before you travel long distance home. I would recommend, highly recommend, that you back up your entire raw folder in two places. So what this means, on the last day, import all your images, create the one-to-ones. Okay, then either onto your computer, because this would all probably be happening on an external hard drive. If it is, double it onto your computer if you have space. If you have another hard drive, double it onto there. Literally copy the raw folder across. Copy your raw folder across. You have two versions of it. Because just like memory cards, there are two types of hard drive. Broken ones and those that are going to break. So you want two copies. I've even had it where people don't have enough space. That they copy all the raw files onto one of my hard drives. I always have a few extra with me for this case. They then travel home and I hang on to their stuff until I hear from them and they tell me, Jerry, all cool, I'm home, I've got everything. Then I delete. If they don't have it, I would either send it via WeTransfer or whatever the case is. So that's not a problem. Now, this happen- that's your kind of workflow of importing your images. Some people ask about should they, should they delete the, the memory cards each time they download. Now, there's a couple of answers to that. Number one, if you have enough memory cards and you want to keep them, and just make sure to number them, one, two, three, four, five, and so on. If you want to keep them as another backup, that's 100% fine, but make sure you have enough. If you are going to go the route of download and erase, don't delete the images off there, format the card. If you understand how a hard drive uh, works and how it writes files, what happens when you delete a file is the file name like you see it on the drive. What the computer or the camera does, it literally just removes the first letter and changes it to an underscore, all right? That tells the computer or the camera that the space that file is taking up is now available to be written over, but not images all all the same. So all of these files live, if you imagine a, a CD, you start in the middle and you spiral out, all these files live next to each other. Now, eventually, if you delete, you're gonna have little fragments and that's also where problems come in. So after I've downloaded my images onto my computer, I format the card every single time before I start. Obviously, double check that you've downloaded it, otherwise there's a problem, but that keeps that from happening. It formats it out. All right, now, when you're on the trip, a lot of people wanna start editing on the fly. Yes, for a couple of reasons. Number one, they're excited about it. Number Number two, they have either myself or one of my guides with them that can help them with stuff. Now, you need to be aware that you will more than likely make bad decisions in the field when looking at your images because you are emotionally involved in some of the sightings. You might have had a scene where, which we had last year where a male lion pulled down a sub-adult hippo. Two and a half hours of brutal, different discussion, but you get a lot of images. Now you get to camp and you are so fired up emotionally. And yes, it was very tough to watch, but you are fired up emotionally and now you want to send something or post it to Instagram immediately. You are going to choose images that speaks to your emotions rather than to photographic quality. Happens every time. So what I would suggest from a workflow point of view on your trip, on day one, 
when you import the first batch of images, right? You're gonna go and create a collection. I've got videos on YouTube, go and check it out or hit me up, I'll, I'll explain it to you again. Create a collection that does two things. You're gonna create two. The first one is on my trip, Madikwe, best of, for example. Madikwe for Instagram. Something that you can use on the trip. And then you create a second one, which is final edits from Madikwe. You can call it what you want, but those are the two different ones. The one you're gonna use for images that you process on the fly in the field that you wanna send to friends, post to Facebook, post to Instagram, all right? And the other one is where, once you get home and you start working through your images, you're gonna put the real good stuff. And yes, some of them might double up, but often if you look at what you create when you're home, having not looked at those images for a couple of weeks, then you start processing based on photographic quality, then you get the good stuff. You might hit it in the field, but there's a lot of emotion involved. If you've seen your first leopard up a tree, you don't really see the branches in front of his face because, oh my God, there's my first leopard, and you see that as a good image. It's a big deal. So those two collections help. Now, what you do is you set the top one, your on-the-trip collection, you set as your target collection. You right-click on it and you select target collection. When you then look through your images on the trip, whether it's on your own or you're working with me or one of my guides, if there's an image that you like that you want to get onto Instagram or use immediately, you hit B on the keyboard. What that does, it moves that image into the collection which has been set as the target collection. So the target collection then will consist of all your images that you've highlighted as such and possibly processed on your trip. When you then get home, right? When you get home and you really start editing your work, right-click on the, most, the main outputs, the main edits from Madikwe, change that to the target collection, and then you start the following process. I call it B and X, like B and X. So you start in your raw directory from day one. You open the image full on your screen and you open up the thumbnail strip at the bottom. Now, you then select the first image. You are gonna press one of three, image, uh, three keys per image, either X, B, or the forward arrow. X, B, or the forward arrow. Before you do this, at this very point, you turn your caps lock on. The reason is, caps lock means that whatever filter or attribute you apply to the file, once it's done, it auto advances to the next image. What that means in normal English is if you're gonna select an image and you're gonna hit X on it to set it as a reject, you would then normally have to hit the arrow to move to the next one, X, arrow, X, arrow. By having caps lock on and auto advance on, you can only hit X and auto advances to the next one. You can just select the attribute from there. So with all of your images now, you've two weeks past the trip, X, B, or arrow. X are for the images that is bad. It's out of focus, it's chopped off, or if you've shot like 14 of one specific image, you can delete them. X marks it as a reject. It doesn't delete it yet, just marks it as a reject. All right. Then, B are the ones that you like, that you want to process. Now, after the trip, not being overly emotional about it, you are judging the images based on photographic quality. So every B that you hit now is going to go into the target collection, which by this stage should be your edits from Madikwe, the final ones. All right, so X to reject, B to add it into the collection. And if you're looking at an image, and it's not out of focus, it's not horrible, but you really don't feel you need to do it right now, skip it by using the arrow key, the right arrow. That's all you do on your first run. 
X, B, or arrow, and you keep doing that. Once you are done, you would have done three things. Number one, you would have marked all the rejects, which you can now delete off your disk off Lightroom. You would have in your collection, you would have all the images that you like that you want to process, and in your directory, the ones that's left over are the ones that's just nice. It's just there. Now, understand this. You don't have to end up culling from 5,000 to 20. If it's your first trip to Africa, you want to keep a bit more images. You might not process them all, but you want to keep some of them. When I go to Svobod, I still keep a lot of polar bear shots that I never edit. I just want to keep them for me. All right. Then, once you've now deleted your, 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 your rejected images, and you are now going to move into the catalog, collection. So you click to the collection, and then you start from the beginning, and that's when you start processing. Because now you're in a processing mindset versus a culling mindset. Trust me, there's a difference. You start from the first one, you start processing it. As you finish it, you move on to the next one because it's already in a collection, yeah? So if you're in there and you edit the next one and halfway through you realize, mm, I'm not really a fan of this image, it's not working. All you do is you hit B on the keyboard while you're in the develop mode on that image. It'll take it out of the collection, but it still maintains that image in your folder. Got it? And then you keep going all the way through like that. Now, while you are doing this process, remember you're working in the collection of stuff that you've selected to edit. Yes? What you do, if there are certain ones that stands out and you want to use them for a print or enter a competition or, or, or specifically for Instagram, whatever the case might be, you can add a one to five star rating by hitting one through five on your keyboard or just a color label, six, seven, eight, and nine. So you, in your collection of images that you want to keep and process, you can have different colors. Red could be for prints. Blue could be for Instagram and so on and so forth. Got it. Finish that process. And then at the end of that, you can go to the collection and export en masse all of your final images as JPEGs or TIFF and then put them where you want to. Whether it's your Smug Mug account, whether you upload it to Facebook, whatever the case is, there it is. That would be the final process. Guys, there's nothing wrong with editing images on the fly on Safari. And it's a cool thing because you can share knowledge, you can get some tips and tricks, you can sit with us and we can help you through this. But don't see that as the final thing. People, too many people, still jump around and they'll just start editing. Oh, I like this one, let me edit it. They didn't even look to see if the previous or the, the following frame is better. Just process this. And then eventually, you leave good images on the table because you acted emotionally and you just wanted to get it out. That, to me, as a full workflow on Safari, works really, really well. And I've tried it with different trips, different people, different expectations, different um, experience levels. Stick to the basics and things will work out like that. I will eventually be doing a blog on this as well on the Wild Eye blog just to break it down. But I do think, I'm just speaking under correction, I do think I have a video on the BNX process on YouTube and yeah, on collections and stuff. But this, this podcast, this audio, if you can stick to this, your workflow will be a lot better, a lot more professional and a lot more efficient throughout and after your safari. Just one thing here. So people ask about catalogs. Now a catalog is your Lightroom catalog. How do I do this? From the top down. Catalog would be like a photo album. Yes? That's the images you want to show. That's in your photo album. 
Underneath that, you've got folders. That is where your, your, your images live on the hard drive, it's home base. And then a collection is the final images. Now, people ask about, do I have multiple catalogs per year, per trip, or whatever? I would suggest that if you shoot multiple genres, i.e. you do wedding photography and wildlife photography, yes, maybe have two catalogs, one for each genre. Because you don't want to look through it as lion, lion, bloody hippo, pretty bride, the ring, the kiss, mating warthogs, right? You, you don't want to mix those things up. So if you shoot different genres, keep it apart. Catalog for each. If you are only doing wildlife, you could, my one catalog, I literally stopped using now after 10 years. So I stopped after 10 years, my one main catalog. There were hundreds of thousands of images in there. No problem. But because my collections are in place, my folders are in place, my keywords are in place, I can isolate at any given point in time a trip, a subject, an image. I don't need a different catalog for every trip or destination. Right? The only reason I started a new catalog now at the beginning of 2021, yes, so from 2008, nine all the way through to 2020 was my one catalog. The only reason I started, I, I started a new one is my external hard drives got full. So I thought, let me start brand new and on then. But for most of you, if you do one, two, three, maybe five trips a year, keep one catalog. It's nice as well. If you, for example, looking at images of a lion from South Luangwa, and you think, oh man, this guy looks very much like the one I saw in Sabi Sands. You can quickly jump across. It's all accessible, yet you can isolate the things as necessary. There it is. Guys, if you have absolutely any questions, jerry at today. G-E-R-R-Y at W-I-L-D-E-Y-E dot today. Send me a mail. And the cool thing is, if you have questions, other people will probably as well. So I will then record either a podcast and or a video and or a blog to explain that to you. This thing will make your photography so much easier and more enjoyable. Rather than having to fight through all the images, which one should I choose? Have a proper workflow, and I promise you, you'll thank me for it one day because it's gonna make it so much more fun and productive. Guys, as always, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for lending me your ears. I will chat to you in the next episode. My name is Jerry, I'm from Wild Eye. Have a good one. Mm -hmm.